Hey everyone, welcome to Star Trek Discovery Mission Report. I'm Josh. I'm Steve. And as you can tell, Steve's voice might be a little distorted. That's because his hologram is here with me. He's home. That's right. He's on a mission, <laughs> a mission from, from God. And uh, yeah, um, we'll just we'll just go go with that, right? So That's right, yeah. I, uh, I lost my driver's license in a uh, freak accident. And, <laughs> and your mom won't uh, take you, oh, right, to get renewed? <laughs> Jeez, so that would be horrible. <laughs> well, to you know, before we get into this uh, episode six, uh, leave. I believe that's hopefully how you pronounce it. I have some good news for everyone. If you haven't heard already, Star Trek Discovery season two has been greenlit. Boom, boom. Very pa- exciting. Pass the Romulanel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll tell you, man. I was. Um... Really glad to hear it, especially so early on in the season. You know, I mean, we're not even quite halfway done yet, and exactly, and they threw it out there. So that's uh, that's great news. I know. I was I was afraid it was like, um, you know, not true, hundred percent. And then everyone else started sharing it, so I was like, well, it's got to be. So I'm excited, right? I'm really excited because you know we don't we don't know what kind of ratings this thing gets, and it, uh, CBS appears to be happy, and uh, they've their subscriptions have gone up a lot, so. Yay to Star Trek. Yeah, no kidding. That's great news. And, you know, I don't know if they're going to continue to keep it like a Netflix style where they really don't talk about the ratings, the views, or what have you. But, uh, yeah, as long as stuff's getting renewed, I'm pretty happy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm okay with that. As long as, you know, you like the show, you enjoy it. The ratings thing can really uh, be a buzzkill, you know, unless unless it deserves the ratings, you know. Like, you know, example is the... uh, not to talk about another show, but the Orville that got just plummeted with uh, all the critics, and um, I enjoy that show a lot. So I just, you know, I just took a chance on it, and um, even though, you know, I know this show has been critically claimed acclaimed ever since it premiered, so I'm not not too nervous about that. I'm sure that helped a little bit as well. Yeah, there's a lot of you know, and we saw this with way back with the movie Superman or Batman versus Superman. You know, there's mm-hmm. a bandwagon effect when you get a bad review or two and then all of a sudden that's all that people are looking for everyone jumps uh, on it yeah mm -hmm. yep because like with the orville you know like you said i mean that shows it's phenomenal actually yeah uh, it's a good balance good balance yeah huge balance right i mean you know it's got some uh seth mcfarland always finds a way to (laughs) throw in some pop pop culture stuff but uh you know he's a huge star trek fan and he's taking it pretty seriously yeah, it's it's really a love letter to Star Trek. I think I I really find mm-hmm. find it to be that. But um, yeah, let's let's dive into this episode six here. Um, overall, what are your thoughts on it? So, um, you know, we're seeing more of this. Um, I don't know, mind <clears throat> excuse me, mind meld stuff from a distance again mm-hmm. in this episode uh, with Sarek being um, kind of ambushed a little bit on a quote-unquote away mission for the Vulcans, a diplomatic mission, and um, the, I guess his pilot, uh, his Uber driver, uh, <laughs> was an extremist, and, um, you know, one explosion later, Sarek's kind of down for the count, and um, so there was a, it was an interesting, I, I think that's an interesting piece of how they're doing that with the Vulcan piece. I'm not sure the very beginning of the show when they showed her kind of uh, going into that mind. Mm-hmm. I wasn't totally sure with the uh, effects and kind of how they did that, but, uh, you know, it was pretty good. It was, uh, I mean, 
Sonequa Martin Green is just a great actress. Oh yeah, she's she's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, she grows more and more. Uh, you know, like them all with every episode, they they really are. Um, they've really crafted their characters, it seems. And you know, we set, yeah, we set up this link from I think the first episode or second episode. Uh, there was that past with her and Sarek. He basically became a, another father figure for her. He brought her back to life. Yep. And so they have that connection through the um, Katra, correct? Right, exactly. Which I think um, they're doing some new interesting things with that. You know, it was kind of vague in the movies. It was basically a gimmick to bring Spock back. But now they're actually right. trying to do something with it visually, too, which is it's, it's, it's a trip, you know, to see her get summoned by Sarek and, you know, his um, distress. And she, right. yeah, she uh, somehow, some way, she appears on Vulcan her, on her graduation day, just kind of observing everything. And I thought that was really unique. And especially when he he knew she wasn't supposed to be there, he's like he was talking to his wife and her at that time, and he just you know deadpans right to her, and he's like, "What are you doing in my mind?" And then he uses some Vulcan martial arts on her. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Didn't see that right, before. Yeah, exactly. Just basically kicks her out, you know. Yeah. And, um, it was, uh, and then we learn later on in the episode why. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That was a great uh, reveal, and also a nice nod to the fans. I think this show does a right. good job of that. They, you know, they bring it, uh, they bring it up kind of organically. You know, it's not like just thrown out there, like you know the. Star Star Wars prequels, for instance, you know, it's kind of just Correct. if you pick up on it, you do. And if you don't, you don't like when she's jogging with Tilly in the beginning of the episode, trying to get her in shape to become captain. She's like, you know, if you work yourself up, you can transfer to a constitution class starship like the Enterprise. And I'm like, wow, right. that's crazy. Yeah, I mentioned it. Oh, it's out there. It's like, I mean, we already knew that, but just for her, them to say it. Uh, man, I yeah, just... that was the first mention of the Enterprise, wasn't it, for the series? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, because I mean, they didn't mention Spock before, and we know this is ten years before. You know, in canon, Enterprise was around before Kirk came on board. So, right. Yeah, it's um, you know, I, I can't help but ask this. Uh, it doesn't really have anything to do with the episode, but if we did get to see the Enterprise again, would you accept? it to have modern technology like, you know, Discovery has. Not not with the warp drive, but I'm just talking about the tech itself. You know, I know we have I to. Would. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I really would, only because, I mean, it wouldn't really, it just wouldn't fit, I think, the style if they didn't so, It's it. so different, um, yeah. Yeah, it's so different, and, you know, I mean, we're talking, we're 50 years removed from the original Star Trek series, and, um, you know, technology has made a couple leaps and bounds, and uh, I, I like that. You know, even though this is technically before Star Trek and Kirk and all that stuff, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm glad they're embracing the new technology. I mean, it's gorgeous. A, it's gorgeous to look at, um, and they just do a super job with it. Right, and they're taking. I mean, this is how they explain the Klingons. They're basic. They're taking the the written word of Star Trek, and they're just you know retooling the the image, you know, the the decor and all that stuff. So it doesn't make sense how they have that luxury in redefining the technology of the time. But, you know, I, I still want them to keep the Enterprise look as much as I can, you know. I, I, I do too. Yeah. 
I think that'd be badass. I think, the, I think to me, the exterior is going to be way more important than the interior. Yes. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yeah, I, I hope we get to see it. That'd be awesome for a, like a series finale or a season finale. Sorry. Um, you know, maybe it has to rescue the discovery or something crazy like that. It just would blow people's minds, I think. And of course, a lot of people would probably complain, but I would love it. I really would. So I would love it too. And I think it'd be, um, you know, if they do it right, I, I think the complaints might be minimal, but I mean, sure. it just, it'd be dumb not to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They have a great, uh, they're in a great time, uh, period where they can really, give us all all what we want pretty much from you know the original so you know without yep. without making it too shoehorned in you know like oh here's check off you know just or whatever you know just subtle make it subtle and you know <laughs> yep. let the fans pick up on things and not be so direct but yeah you know one of my fears was um revealed this week on the show and I don't mind it too much I'm curious to know what you think about it um Remember how I said, I hope they don't have a holodeck. Right. And, yeah, they were playing laser tag with Klingons in a holodeck-type simulator. Wow. Uh, what did you think of that? Um, I'm also kind of not really too sure about the holodeck piece. I, I, I mean, that, to me, felt like it should have stayed a next-gen-type technology. Mm-hmm. Um target practice is one thing or, or what have you, sure. but uh, I mean, that simulation, I mean, it, it looked a thousand percent real because of, you know, that's, that's what they wanted to do with it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still not going to complain too much, but I would have rather just seen it. Um, maybe not make an appearance in this series. It seemed like a small simulation. So I think I could forgive it a little bit for that, but man, I knew immediately when they were battling, I'm like, this is either a flashback, which it can't be because they have Starfleet armor on. And uh-huh. I'm just like, no, this is what I think it is. Uh, I mean, I didn't hate it. I, I get it. But, yeah, I really – I kind of wanted that saved for, you know, TNG, like you said. Um, so, yeah, it would have been – at least have, like, cardboard cutouts come up or something, you know. Like, right, they're, they're right. playing Nerf or something. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It was, it was actually cool to watch. I'll give it that. And I liked um, – how he was kind of getting to know Tyler more through this, you know, since that's how they met really in battle like that, you know, a lot of suspicions, I think arose to me anyway about Tyler, how he kind of, uh, well, it's not a huge, uh, like lie or anything, but he said he grew up in Seattle and Lorca is like, actually you're outside of Seattle. And that wasn't a big deal. Right. That deception or I don't even, wouldn't even call it deception, but then he lied about his kill count. And I guess, yeah. you know, adding those things up, it's like, there's a lot of mystery to this guy, I think. Um, I do like him, but I don't know. I wonder if that's going to be um, explored. There actually is a crazy theory, which may be true. I will share that later on here. But, um, yeah, what what'd you think of Tyler? Do you think he's hiding some, some, something? Yeah, I think um, the show has done a nice job foreshadowing that, yeah, he's hiding something, but they're not being too in your face with it. but. Mm. Yeah, you're, you know, you're right. I mean, on one hand, you can write off the Seattle thing because, you know, if you're in some small town and you're 20 minutes away from the big town, most people just say, well, I'm over there by Omaha or I'm right. you know, by Seattle or what have you. And But then the kill count thing and then just a lot of his subtle looks and things of that nature, you know, when he's interacting with Michael and uh, their Antilles in particular, he just uh, – 
and when you watch him eat, I think I think there was a clue there too. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think there's going to be more to him than meets the eye. Yeah, it's. Um, I do like the character though. I think uh, he is a pretty good character, and uh, he clearly does have um, uh, loyalty with them. You know, because he has tried to. In this episode, he's he's um, steered Michael into a right path to deal with Sarek and you know right. it, he it, you know offered his hand to greet her even though he knew who she was which you could say right. he admires her for what she did there's a little um attraction there i think too which the preview for next episode we won't get into it too much but um they kind of showed them maybe uh kissing or something so i was like ah, that right. wasn't a stretch for me so yeah uh, some sort of embrace but yeah it was uh you know they had some good chemistry um it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yes. If he's, you know, if he's a double agent of some sort and, and, and how that'll work. Well, and I think they, some people have thought maybe Discovery itself is a Section 31. I believe that's the correct section. Top secret science uh, division within Starfleet. They they were they had a presence on DS9 towards the end. Right. Yeah, they, they have a lot of secrets and a lot of people thought maybe discovery was secretly that type of um that ship belonged to them given it's a science vessel and all the crazy technology they have but yeah he, you know he could definitely be one of them too what do you think of the vulcan extremists that was that was new to me trying to preserve their race so much that you know it really reflected our reality with you know uh, extremists in general uh, what do you think of that concept I mean, the concept to me was interesting because, you know, I mean, in in Star Trek history, the Vulcan extremists have always been the Romulans, you know, and um, right. and and so, you know, we haven't heard a mention of the Romulans yet that I remember. And so to see an actual group of Vulcans calling themselves Vulcans and being the extremists is interesting because, uh, you know, there's some there's got to be some emotion involved when it comes to that sort of behavior. Um, uh, you know, anarchy and you know mm-hmm. that sort of uh, chaotic type rift. Uh, so it's gonna, you know, I I want to see that play out a little bit further, and I'm hoping as the series progresses, you know, maybe we get an arc surrounding that because uh, it was interesting. Yeah, we got to view that Sarek was known within his own race as um, kind of like a martin luther king type i guess trying to bridge the gap between right. humanity and vulcans and yeah uh that dude who killed himself was very calm about it he you know he died basically like uh someone did in iron man 3 from the extremist program or whatever you call it it was kind of a nice touch when he did the live long and prosper and then uh Sarek luckily was smart enough to put a like a force field around him so he didn't get uh all the blast still hurt but right yeah yeah, it still hurt, and it was enough to incapacitate him, but uh, non-lethal. But at mm. the same time, yeah, I mean, you know, you basically had a suicide bomber, and, and that was, uh, I thought the effects were, were pretty outstanding with that. Sure, especially in the, like, space storm they're in. Uh, that was really, <laughs> that was trippy. The nebula, yeah. Yeah, that was really trippy. Yeah, so Lorca, he decides to, um, well, first off, Michael gives quite an exposition of, basically answered all our questions, which... I appreciate, you know, you could tell it was an exposition scene where she brought us up to speed on these Vulcan extremists. You know, they 
succeeded in killing her and her family. She was dead for three minutes, I think, and then that's when Sarek brought her back with his katra. We learned a lot about her, actually, tonight. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as she said, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a lot of exposition, but I get it. You know, it's it's really answering a lot of questions. So it was uh, really cool, and uh, Lorca decides to uh, allow them to go rescue Sarek, even though um, the Vulcan admiral he spoke with uh, was not uh, wanting him to do that. We got to see Dr. Stamets. Previous episode, he put himself in the uh, warp drive, he injected himself with the warp dog DNA. Uh, his <laughs> his character's changed quite a bit. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I mean, he's, uh, what, now obviously using the spore drive without complications, at least we're that's the implication we're getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's good. You know, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Um, at first I didn't think I'd miss warp dog, but you know, I, I, I thought that would have been more interesting to see play out longer, but mm-hmm. again, um, Anthony Rapp, he's just, he's great in that character. And, uh, you know, they've really got some, even though the names aren't maybe the biggest mm-hmm. in the show, um, the acting's off the charts. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he does like a, a complete 180 pretty much with his character from going from uh, he was a dick okay i'll say it yeah he was kind of a dick <laughs> but this episode he is happy go lucky pretty much and he's very observant and you know just uh kind of just like he's has a buzz you know we know what happened to him so i think they're trying right. to to show us like yeah he's not quite there i mean he's there but he's very looser he's loosened up quite a bit and I'm sure they're going to play with that. And I'm sure he's really happy because, he's, you know, he's celebrating almost the culmination of his life's work. And mm-hmm. to be able to be the impetus behind this, you know, spore drive now, I mean, I think as a scientist, you know, he's probably in a place where he's just really, really pleased about that. And mm-hmm. he's doing a good job conveying that, too. Yeah, and it could be that for sure. Uh, I didn't even think about that, you know, just the that accomplishment was so huge that it just satisfied him enough to change his ways a little bit because you know he's just he's having fun with Lorca and Michael he's talking about well we could go in the nebula but with our spore tech you know those two mixed with mixed together and he just makes a sound effect of an explosion (laughs) and yeah he's just having a good time you can tell but he was able to design a synthetic mind meld machine for Michael to use to go out and get Sarek to communicate with him to establish a link because his uh, transponder is off. So they want him to get that turned on. Yeah. They, and they can't find him through normal sensors because of the nebula. And so, right. Yeah. That, uh, that was a pretty genius device for them to make. Michael Tilly and Tyler, they head out to go get Sarek and we get to see more of her interactions with Sarek in his mind. Cause she's able to establish a link and, we slowly unravel why she kept she keeps getting put in this time period with her graduation day and all of that. And, you know, there's a time where he overpowers her. They, the link gets broken because Tyler is like, we got to get her out of that. And, you know, the storm's getting bad because they took this shuttle into the nebula and he's the only pilot that can do it. <laughs> um, right, right. But yeah, he's like, we got to go. So, you know, she basically told him, like, I can't fight you and Sarek, you know. So that's when he said, you know, uh, maybe it's him that, because Michael thought she was, uh, she let him down. And right. Tyler 
basically explained it's probably the other way around. You know, he felt like he let you down. So she tried that approach. And then we got to see exactly what happened that day. She graduated, but then she didn't get accepted into the Vulcan Science Academy, which has, you know, been a big thing throughout canon. Um, You know, Spock, I think he was there for, for a short time before going to Starfleet. We see Sarek talking with one of the Vulcan scientists or, you know, he runs the academy apparently. And he basically gave Sarek a choice. Uh, Sarek's got two children, um, Spock and Michael. And he said only one of them can join his experiments. That's how he labeled them. His experiment. That's right. I'm like, wow, they really hate him. <laughs> yeah, never, they do. I never mean. got that before. Really? I, I, I don't know. Um, I like seeing these new layers to Sarek and obviously it's, they wrote that in there to, um, to work with him more, you know, develop him more, which is fine. I think it's a a good adjustment and I didn't get a kick out of them talking about Spock and basically Sarek chose Spock and, you know, he told Michael, you know, in the end that choice was wasted because Spock ended up going to Starfleet, which is another... Another great nod to like he's out there right now. He's on right. Enterprise. <laughs> Let's go find him. But we got to meet Amanda, uh, the new uh, actress. Uh, I don't know her name, but she. I thought she did a pretty good job playing Amanda, uh, yeah, Sirk's wife, Mia Kirshner. Yes, and you know, I, I the uh, original actress. I know it's a big name from the original series. She almost looks like a very young version of her a little bit, uh, like yeah. around the mouth and the nose and stuff. And so I thought the casting from a visual level was great. And, you know, she did a good job, um, you know, playing that role. I know the last person we saw in it was Winona Ryder. Yeah, and she did pretty uh, good, I thought. She did great. And they all have a very similar kind of look to them. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, she was awesome. It was good seeing her in that role. She was... um you know, I always looked at Sarek's wife as the very human yet very stoic type mm-hmm. person, and, and she conveyed that greatly. Wasn't afraid to share her feelings of, of matters with Sarek, and, you know, you got to see that powerful figure Spock and Michael had. Um, yeah. You know, she read them stories, and before we knew of Michael, obviously, it wasn't right. created yet, but, you know, later on the... Star Trek movies, Star Trek Four. Uh, Spock's mom helps Spock with that that test, and you know, basically saying, you know, you're you're human too. It's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think, uh, yeah, she definitely represented pretty well. And I don't know if we'll get to see more of her, but um, you know, I think we saw enough for now. Uh, I was I was satisfied, right. and um, yeah, it was um, a lot of um, revelations really with the Vulcan culture and what goes on there you know it's not um you know happy go lucky well they don't believe in uh they don't use emotion so it's not happy go lucky but you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, i mean exactly. we got we got extremists we got people who view Sarek's children as half breeds you know pretty much and yeah so yeah it's like wow Sarek doesn't uh, really get the love that i think we always thought he did maybe you know i mean he was an ambassador so i do want to give props to James Frain, I believe that's his name. He plays Sarek, and I think he's doing a great job. He's he's making it his own, and yeah, I just I just love what he brings to the character. I think uh, I think he looks great too. You know, he yeah, he really has that face that's perfect for a Vulcan face. You know, and if that makes any sense. But you know, what I'm saying, uh, yeah. oh, it absolutely does. I mean, they have an absolute 
certain look to him, and and he has that, and he just he does a phenomenal job in the role. I think they nailed the casting with him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So yeah, they they all got to really shine in this episode, and of course, um, back on Discovery, Admiral Cornwell decides to come aboard because she's not too happy with um, Lorca's uh, decision to send out a rescue party because <laughs> he basically uh, hung up on the Admiral Vulcan guy he was talking to, and I think it was. Tyrell might have been the name she said, but anyway, she said uh, he was pretty upset for a Vulcan, and so she, right. you know, she had her suspicions of Lorca, you know, because he he's just got back from being a POW for however long they were <laughs> over there on the Klingon ship the last episode. Of course, Lieutenant Tyler he was on there for seven months, so you know he definitely uh, probably should have a few psych evaluations, but um, he, he definitely seems like he has it more together than Lorca does. Yeah. Lorca, you know, he's basically, uh, you know, he's just saying his normal thing. You know, I, I like to run things my way and uh, I'm fine. I've had all the evaluations done and they all come out good. Uh, we did get to see in the last episode, which I think we forgot to talk about, but it was pretty important before he got Discovery, which is within that six month period mm-hmm. when the war started. He ha- he had his He had another ship. And he basically left his people. They were going to be captured by the Klingons. He blew them up to save right. them from being um, tortured and all of that. And that's how he got his his eye problem. That was quite something, you know. I, I even if he passed the test, I'm surprised Starfleet allowed him to have discovery. And then, you know, uh, he gets captured, and they're like, "Oh, okay, he's back. All right. Well, I, he's probably all right." And then it just takes him to cut off an admiral to, oh, maybe we should go check him out. So Lorca's quite the ladies' man. We definitely found out that him and Cornwall had a past more than friends. And, um, yeah, so he put the little moves on her and basically was trying to shut her up from asking all the questions. (laughs) Right. And she saw right through it, though, uh, the next morning. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she was, you know, waking up and she's like, oh, this is nice. And then we see this, like triangle scar on his back or something like that and she goes to touch it and man he flips on a on a dime with a phaser in her face <laughs> pulled it underneath oh, yeah. from underneath his pillow basically had a flashback yeah she gets very upset and she's she's saying that uh he's going to lose discovery because he's he's not all there it really starts to unravel uh, with Lorca how we how we think of him i i i imagine especially towards the end of the show um you know, we have Michael and Tilly and Tyler. They get Sarek and bring him back because she, Michael got to Sarek to turn on the transponder. So they were able to locate him. They bring him back. Sarek can't go to his mission, which is revealed to be a, a peaceful meeting with, I think, two Klingon families that were rejected from the other families. Right. So Sarek can't go. And. Lorca has the great idea to send Cornwell. I wonder why. Just because she's so <laughs> interested in peace. And man, the minute he said that, I was like, oh man, I think we took a turn with with him, you know. Um, wow. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear he was trying to buy time, obviously. And he didn't really care if she would go to her death or not. So I'm like, damn, that's pretty terrible. What were your thoughts on yeah, that whole thing? He, yeah, I, I, this guy is, um, 
he's dangerous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's uh, he definitely sent her knowing what the risks are and not, you know, even caring about what those risks were. And, um, and you know, especially after she said to him that, you know, when she gets back from that mission, uh, they'll have to discuss how he steps down, yeah. you know, and I think that cemented his position of, well, why don't you just go talk to the Klingons? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. And as we saw in that scene, uh, that did not go as planned. No, it, man, that, that turned uh, pretty bad quick. That was, um, that was terrifying, especially when the aliens who were hosting this meeting, they got slaughtered too, along with uh, Cornwell's two um, cadets or security uh, with her. Right. And yeah, they, they didn't kill her. They were actually happy to have her instead of Sarek. And it was Cole. I think that's his name. He's the dude that kicked, um, I think it's Cow. I'm trying to get these names down. It's taking some time, but the albino Klingon dude. Cole yeah, K, it's spelled K-O-L, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cowl, Cowl. <laughs> yeah. Kalel, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he, he's the one that's taken over everything, kicked the uh, albino Klingon off his ship. He allowed these two Klingon families in on on the rest of them. So that was like their initiation, I guess, to bring Sarek there, take Sarek hostage, but Cornwell took his place. And... <laughs> Upon receiving word, um, Saru goes to Lorca's quarters to tell Lorca, thinking Lorca is going to be like, "All right, let's go get her," because that's what we do. Right. That's what we've been doing. No, this time Lorca's like, you know, let's just follow Starfleet's um, procedures. <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh <laughs> shit, you're bad, man." Woof. I mean, it's like, it, huh? It's really a gray area, you know, with this captain. There's good in him, I think, but man, there's also bad and think he's losing it you know i think that's the excuse they can use without maybe redemption for this character you know he's not going to be totally evil but of course as you know suru left Lorca went to his quarters he had a phaser tucked behind him in his pants so he was probably prepared to use it i imagine what are you thinking about Lorca? do you think um you think he's going to turn completely bad or if he's just he's just a wall he's you know he's experiencing a lot of psychological issues. Yeah, I think at some point we're going to see the reckoning where um, he either completely implodes or something happens to him that's pretty bad. I mean, this this episode really did a nice job blending, um, like cementing the framework of the characters while still advancing the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and part of that, you know, characterization piece was just how Lorca is. He's really not someone you're going to root for, but he's also not someone you're absolutely rooting against either. True. Yeah. He's not going to, I don't, I don't see good things for Lorca in the future. (laughs) My prediction is he loses discovery at the end of the season. If he lives, he's going to be in a position like Michael was, you know, right. And that's the other thing. Michael may have to do, what she did before, but this time it'd probably be successful, you know, take on the captain, question the captain, try to take command of the ship. She might, you know, finally understand what's going on with him. I could see him coming back in maybe second season, maybe he's in prison or something, or maybe he'll just die. Who knows? I mean, I like the character. I really do. But yeah, this um, definitely every episode, there's a turn. <laughs> it's not predictable, which I, I like. I like that a lot. I think there's a reason why 
Lorca hasn't been this perfect uh, captain to us, you know, like Picard right. and Kirk. You know, he's got a lot of gray areas. Clearly, we're about to see one massive. Um, right. <laughs> so that that'd be very interesting what happens going forward. I don't know what the future brings for Cornwell or not. And maybe uh, we'll have to stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I think he's absolutely hoping that she's going to die so she doesn't come back and take his ship. Which, yeah, and, uh, that's terrible, but it's like... It, right, but that's what he wants. And if, if she does come back, I, I'm, I'm ready to see that explosion, what that looks like, because that'll be, that'll be good. It's like a war with your own people, oh, yeah. along with the Klingons. <laughs> I yep. did want to quickly discuss the Lieutenant Tyler theory. I don't know if you've read much about this, but there yes. is some strange um, cryptic things going on here. Lieutenant Tyler is played by Shazed Latif. I hope I said that right. People think he also plays the albino Klingon, Vogue. Vogue is credited in IMDb as Javed Lukeball. I'm probably totally mispronouncing this, but the theory is... Maybe Vogue transformed into a human. Yeah. Uh, every time they have, well, they've brought this up maybe once or twice with Latif. He was like, oh, that's that's very interesting. And he said, well, you know, if you look at IMDb, he's an actor. Of course, on the IMDb, Discovery is the only thing he's done, and it only shows him in makeup. You don't see his actual face. So right. when Latif was pressed more about this, CBS publicist cut the interview off. <laughs> so yeah i'm wondering what's going on there um funny thing nick myers nicholas myers who directed star trek 2 and star trek 6 he's a consultant on this show apparently his dog stella has a twitter account and it's at star trek dog so <laughs> someone asked at star trek dog what's up with javed luke ball i think i'm saying that right i don't know but anyway, that's the actor who may or may not exist. And Stella, right. re Stella replied, I'm an expert on Sherlock Holmes, not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> so very strange. This might very have, cryptic. This might have some merit. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, uh, like I said, you know, they really did a nice job making it so he... You know, we're seeing the foreshadowing of something greater than just him being, you know, Lieutenant Tyler. Yes. And so once that happens, you know, we'll have to, we'll kind of have to see. But you're right. I mean, uh, Javid uh, Iqbal or whatever, however you pronounce that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sounded better than what I did. That's all he's got. Yeah. That's got, all he's got on, on, um, on his IMDb profile. And when you type him into Google, as I'm doing right now. <laughs> um, investigative reporter, Steve. Yeah, well, that name mm -hmm. is uh, with a slight change in spelling as a Pakistani serial killer. <laughs> and, <laughs> right, and there is no search results for... Um, hang on, let me just re... <laughs> Yeah, here we go. There's a, there's nothing. I mean, you can't find anything about this guy. Hmm. On here at all. I think this might be correct. I'm calling. Yeah, it. I think so too. I dig it. I really do. I I just hope the payoff's good. I hope it's not a, f a far stretch. But I do like that. 
I'm not Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde expert comment thinking like, are they, are they, do they turn in and out of each other? Like he was from a house of none. So that might've been a clue right there. Maybe he was a spy for the, you know, for Starfleet and he was posing as a Klingon who, who knows? I don't know if they'll really get into the supernatural of, you know, completely changing a form or not. Maybe he's a shapeshifter. I didn't think about that. Is Odo, is Odo in discovery? Right. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I just, I think it's just crazy how they're doing this because, you know, there's no one by that name Mm -hmm. really out there. And the only one has one letter off in the name Mm -hmm. and it's a serial killer, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) it's, Oh man! You know, it's like saying, "Oh, his name's Charles Manson with an E in instead of an O in." You know, I mean, that's basically what they're doing. So, oh, this is very it's clever. I like this. I really do. I I dug that theory yeah. when I heard it, but that's great. Well, yeah, we'll have to uh, stay tuned and find out. But yeah, of course, you can check out Star Trek Discovery on CBS All Access. Uh, Steve and I highly recommend that. Yep. Any last words for this show, Steve? No, just it was a phenomenal episode. It was a lot of fun to watch, and uh, you know the series is just it gets deeper and deeper, and uh, it's it's very high quality. I can't recommend it enough. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm very excited. I think I watch every episode three times. It's just um, <laughs> it's addicting, and uh, yeah, I love the tech and I love where they're taking Star Trek, and I really think people just need to embrace this show and just love it. You know, put down all your you know, harsh criticisms because it's just not merited, you know, in this case, right. it's just, it's just not, well, uh, that's pretty much all I have too. So, um, with that yeah. said, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. I'm Josh. I'm Steve. Two to beam up. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper.